Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, another episode of Hello, Governor, the podcast. I'm Abdullah, and as always with me is my new host, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Had a busy day filming, everything, but yeah, doing good. Um, yeah, uh, it sucks to be a comic book fan these days because uh, yeah. Batman: Arkham Knight, one of the one of the games that I was looking forward to, this was the, it was going to be the game to, to get to to make me buy a PS4, is now getting delayed till 2015. Yeah. And uh, note to anyone who wants to get into the game industry: when you put out a trailer, don't ever, don't fucking ever put out coming October 16th 2014 when you don't when and then change it cuz that's fucking atrocious marketing. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> yeah. But yeah, but personally I learned from that mistake as well working on web sh- on my own web show. So yeah, it's not it don't don't do it for any industry. Do never put a release date on it. Oh wait. People who are expecting to see it will bite your ass off and bite your head off as well about it. I mean, I was really looking forward to it and all that stuff because, I mean, it looked really good. I mean, it, the graphics looked polished up, and I'm like, oh, you know, and it's coming out in fall. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I figured that they would at least have it by 2015, but we're getting it in the fall, and that's great because, you know, fall is usually that time when all the big games come out, and then, bam, you know, they just delay it till 2015. 2015 for no reason, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> it normally, it's like normally when they do this, there's normally three indications of the reason why they're doing this is uh, maybe the market might be oversaturated, so basically they're they're frightful that it might not do as well, or they want to. Um, the the last uh, the other one is like they want to polish up the game a bit more. Or the third time, it's something to do within networking, within inside the networking industry. So they, maybe the publishers are trying to publish a game, don't want it to interfere with another game they're bringing out at around the same time, or interfere with another game sales in some aspect. I I, I don't know. I mean, I I just feel like those are normally the main reasons I normally see when they delay a game or a film. Because again, because like, it because this comes out like during the whole Watch Dogs fiasco where. Again, if you've been following that game, that game was originally supposed to come out in 2012, but it got delayed two fucking years. Yeah. And then it comes out, and it's just the most mediocre thing. Like all the stuff they promised you wasn't in in the game, and and it like it, it made people wonder like about Ubisoft's credibility as a company because they promised you a lot of stuff in the game, and it's like, oh, you know, this is going to be the the GTA Five killer and whatnot. Oh, yeah. and, it, and it just, it just, it was such an embarrassing fiasco that I'm just kind of worried about, you know, Batman, you know, the Batman series because it's like you, 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 you know, they showed us the tra- the you know, a release yeah. date on the trailer, and I'm like, okay, you, because to me, as a cus- as a consumer. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, when you show me a release date, I I take it that the product is finished and you that's going to be the release date. I think when it comes to um, again, like you, you mentioned Watch Dogs and everything like that. I think when it came to Watch Dogs, is that like you said, most people come out twenty twelve and they got pushed and pushed back. It's some some weird things go on within the game industry more than like film television. Is that there's a lot of po- there's a lot of politics in it, and if you upset the wrong person, your game will get pushed back quite a bit. It's like um, Chronicle Marines. When they released a tech demo for that, the game looked fantastic, 
but when the final product came out, it was it was a mediocre. The only thing with going for Watch Dogs, I would say, was the storyline. Apart from that, the game was mediocre, like you said. Um, with Batman, I think they're a little bit afraid because of the last Batman game, because it wasn't made. It, it, and a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, Rocksteady doing this one," but that game, the previous game, got a bad a bad rap because of it. Which is kind of a shame because it wasn't a bad game. The problem is Glitch. they released they released it unpolished. Yeah, oh yeah. Like was... you can clearly see that it wasn't finished. Yes. And I'm like this is a good game. It's not a bad game. Anyone who says it's a bad game is fucking stupid because it's more of the same, you know, Batman goodness that we we've loved in the first two games, but my God, is it unpolished? Yeah, it's just like the online didn't the whole online the whole online function of the game didn't work at all. Frame rate slowdown, um, loading times, um, glitches. You fall through things. Impossible saves. Um, what was it like um, auto save areas? Will just yeah. And I played it on and I play and I played on the PS3, and it does the th- usual thing with you know PS3 games. It installs stuff on onto the hard drive and I'm like there is no excuse for having me wait while you install the game data onto the hard drive and have the frame rate fuck up this badly. Yeah. You know, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just like it what I mean, the story was the story wasn't bad, it was okay, just like the technical side of the game was unpolished and it, it was buggy. It was really, really buggy. And I remember like Months afterwards, they released a huge patch for the game to try to fix, try to fix all the fuck ups. They release it un, unpolished, and and they did, but the but even then, I, I still I I still kind of ran into glitches after the after the thing after the whole patch, and I'm like, this is kind of unacceptable, you guys, and and I understand why they didn't promote the why while while. It's kind of funny because, like, the, a week before the DLC was supposed to come out, they announced Arkham Knight. Yes. And I, and I found that interesting because it was basically saying, yeah, you know, so we sorry we fucked up on Arkham Origins. Here's another game by Rocksteady. Yeah. You know, and it just it just makes me, like, I don't know. It just makes me weary of the whole thing because I think that, you know, Rocksteady is a great, you know... Yeah. De- developer, I mean, yeah. they, they're great. I mean, they, they they've they've done no wrong. But the problem is, I'm like, it's on next gen. It's the first game that's going to be exclusively on next gen. It's not going to be on PS3 or uh, the Xbox yeah. 360. Which I'm kind of like, eh, you know, fine, you know. But I'm kind of worried because yeah. you know, new hardware. Th- there's a lot of a lot of uh, you know a, a lot of a lot of pressure on them. Because you know it's it's a new hardware, it's a beloved franchise, and this looks like it's going to be the conclusion, hopefully. Because yeah, because uh, I I really don't want to well, see any more Batman well, games after this. Well, to be quite Rock honest, Rocksteady released a statement and a quite heavy statement as well. Have, have you read that statement they released? About, no, no. About what the, did they say? Well, they said that um they it was about Arkham Origins, and they basically went out and came to sum it up. Basically, they say Arkham Origins not canon. It doesn't have anything to do with us it's not our vision of the game it's just that when it when it comes to the, 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 they talked about it like like the whole networking of games when they when a franchise basically 
has to be part of another game company because another studio because that studio doesn't want no longer wants to do it or get out of the contract and they said that they worked on Arkham Knight and it wasn't it wasn't going to meet their deadline and the stu- the studio wanted them to bring out a game so they basically said okay can we hand it to another studio to make the game but make it a prequel and they said yeah that's perfectly fine and they said and they basically they gave their main publishers the um what is it the um engine like like the engine that the last two game games were made on and he said okay here's the engine let them play with it and see what they can do with it that's pretty much how it went and again that's why it was so similar because again it's it's like it's you know that that was the one that they used before and it's like and I see a lot of people complaining, oh, it's not the same, it's not the same. And I'm like, it's the same fucking ga- type of engine and, yeah. and, and gameplay. The problem is it was unfinished. Yeah, they could... The problem is they had a release date yeah. and they had to, like you said, you know, they had to, you know, the, the uh, Warner Brothers wanted a game to come out that year and and they were like, you know, get this thing out. Yeah. And it was rushed and, 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 it, and you know, it, yeah. it was... Horrible. And it didn't help. They passed it on to a studio that I, I, I'm going. I'm going on a limb here, but probably did not know, didn't know the engine that well, and had a short time to learn how that engine worked. Yeah, because you look at them, they they, they were like a <laughs> they were a first time studio, yeah. and it's like, don't give again, don't give a developer who has not had any previous work. From someone else's. Any, anything, you know, d- don't, because it's like developers need to do their own yeah. thing. They need to, 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 to make their own, yeah. to make their own stuff. Because yeah, I mean, what, it. Um, Rocksteady did. They made a few games. It wasn't many. I think they only made like two or three games before making Batman: Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like oh, you know, these guys. I mean, they had a career yeah. before that, but but with like. And even then, it wasn't even a. It was like a Montreal studio that made um, WB Studios Montreal that made uh, what was it uh, uh, Arkham Origins. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know you're in trouble when you're getting like a Montreal section of your division to work on a big fucking AAA game. Yeah, they have no. Then they have no. Uh, they they have no experience previously with it and and it and yeah it got so bad that you know they you know when they they had to they had to pull a star wars and say yeah that's that shit ain't canon <laughs> yeah it's unfortunate so but yeah again yeah. which is a shame because again i i want to give him credit i mean at least with the joker and that i kind of felt that he was w- put into the story a little bit more better than he was in in uh arkham city because I did yeah. not like, I didn't like towards the end. Like, okay, spoilers for Arkham City, you guys. Um, I didn't like at the end where he was shoehorned in as the ma- as the main bad guy after Rache died. Yeah, the whole. I fucking hated that because yeah, it's just like um, the whole thing happened with Rache and um, oh, who's the doctor? Hugo, Hugo, Hugo Strange. And basically, it's like a really good climax and everything like that, and really good fight. It's like. Really well done, and then suddenly the game's like, "Oh shit, um, guys, you remember the Joker? Yeah, he's still here." <laughs> it's just like, "Oh well." The game, the, what I mean, the, <laughs> just the, that game, Arkham City. I... <laughs> <laughs> Fresh 
professionalism at its best, folks. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, you're probably going to have to edit that. Um, but, um, yeah, um, all I've got to say, yeah, Arkham City, really good game. It's just... And the problem with Arkham City, Arkham City recognised, that's like, what was it? It was like the Spikes Teeth um, Video Game Awards. Basically, it was voted, it was in the category of Game of the Decade. That's how much people like that game. Yeah, it was a great game, but I, I, you know, like I said, I have a lot of problems with the story. Oh, yeah. But you know, I'm not gonna get into that because that that that's like an hour of me talking about Batman, and no one wants to, no one wants to listen to that. Are you supposed to do a podcast? <laughs> I, I I learned from that podcast. Never ever ever have myself record about talking about a franchise because I will drunkenly rant about it, and I'm like, yeah, that didn't make sense. You need someone to basically pull you back. No, no, no. It's like, no, no, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Because you'll, I can imagine you'd be like the type of person at the bar basically gets into a fight. You walk away and you run back and start kicking the person while he's down. <laughs> and then walk away and then change your mind and go back. Which brings us to one of my other topics. Ooh. Warren Ellis has sadly left Moon Knight after six issues, which... <sighs> <laughs> Like, I understand what he was doing. I mean, it was a great run, and, and I applaud him for, for, you know, coming out and saying, look, I, I you know, it was all meant to be, like, six issues. I wasn't g- going to be, like, on, on the series, on on the book for for more than six. But at the same time, I was reading his statement, and I'm like, okay, you know, cool. I mean, that, that that's good and all, but why couldn't this have been just a mini, like, a limited series? Like, why is it? A law, a, you know, a, a long book, because you know it's like you could have just done a limited series. Yeah. No, it just makes me go, why, you know? Because it's like, because this is my problem with comics in general. Is like, because you're gonna get an artist and and writer that you really love, and you want to read more of them. And that was, you know, Warren Ellis with Moon Knight, because he made me a fan of Moon Knight. Because I read that book, and I'm like, holy shit, you know, that's this is a great fucking book, and. And I'm like, I expected a long run with him, like at least like 20 or 30 issues, but, you know, it was like only six, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, Marvel, why didn't you just like make it a limited series? I don't need, yeah. I don't need to have like a mediocre writer follow him, because again, you know, Brian Wood, I got nothing against him, but his stuff doesn't, yeah. doesn't make me go, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> well, what I mean, it's like, um, if people are losing their shit over the Moonlight theme, just wait until, um, uh, was it Scott Snyder and Greg um, Campbell overly Batman. <laughs> no, no, people are going to lose their shit then. Uh, okay, I'll give I'll give Marvel credit. At least it wasn't Bendis. At least they didn't replace him with Bendis, because then I would have lost my shit. <laughs> oh, Paul, um, who's the guy that did Ultimatum? <laughs> Jeff Loeb. Yeah, geez. imagine imagine Moonlight got replaced with Jeff Loeb. <laughs> kill everyone. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill off that side character. Kill off that media. I said, oh look, that character has a new year. He's dead now. Oh fuck. Because <laughs> because here's the thing. Like I here's the thing with DC that I really like over Marvel is like when they find a good writer, like you said with Scott Snyder, yeah. they keep him. They yeah. do everything they can to keep his ass yeah. on that well, book. It's like uh, with Scott Snyder, um, arguably say he's probably be the best Batman writer in years. He's basically this generation. Oh, who was the really last good Batman writer? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Like Grant Morrison? Yeah, he, I think he's the equivalent of this generation, Grant Morrison, you know, as a, as, a, as a writer for Batman, which is true. He's done fantastic stuff with the franchise since since the new 52. 
And again, you know, it just... Because, again, this whole thing reminds me of the whole Deathstroke fiasco from 2012 where DC stupidly had a good writer on the book, but then they replaced him with fucking Rob Liefeld and it went down the shitter fast. <laughs> How is that man still getting work? I don't know! <laughs> Did anyone read, read his books, um, what is it, New Blood? True Blood, whatever the fuck it was called? <laughs> New Young Blood. That oh, was whatever the fuck it was. No, the, the comic that no one can open their eyes in. <laughs> Which is fitting, because I'm actually writing a... Well, I, yeah, the book is over. It's like being drawn right now, but I'm writing like a parody of of, of Liefeld's crap. So, check that out sometime soon. <laughs> yep, coming soon to a digital store near you. Probably get it up on Comixology. So. Which, again, uh, your one-stop shop for uh, digital comics. <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, Moon Knight, um, writer... Which, which again, it's a, it's a great run. I I recommend everyone read it, because, again, it's only six issues, and you have no excuse <laughs> to not read it. Yeah, just, if you can't get hold of individual comics, just get, like, the, was it the hard, the, um, paperback, the paperback of it, <laughs> when, whenever, when it comes out. Well, sometime in October that will come out, yeah. so, so yeah. again, uh, check it out. Now, uh, I'd like to, 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 to do something different. Now, usually we don't talk about the subject on the show because, uh, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that talk about the subject, but let's talk about wrestling. <laughs> oh, boy. Look, um, I'll just, I'll just give, give, give people a heads up. Um, if you're not familiar with the WWE and what's going on right now, uh, you might want to, like, we're pretty much done because uh, it's probably just going to be me and Tom talking about WWE for... A good while, because we do we do this like when we usually talk about Skype. I remember one time me and Tom sat here for like two hours talking about wrestling stuff. Yeah. We did not we did not talk about anything else that day. It was all wrestling. I think stuff. half the conversation was talking about how bad WCW was back in the day. <laughs> Scott Steiner, um, was it Scott Steiner, come out with, with a tiger? That's pretty much sums up our conversation there. <laughs> and Robocop was Sting. But uh, yeah. Um, Again, for for those who want to stick around, stick around. If you're a wrestling fan, if not, then we're done. You can stop it right now. But if you want to listen to us ramble about how stupid wrestling is for the next half hour, (laughs) feel free. (laughs) So, I think we should talk about payback first quickly before we go into Raw. So, how shitty was that pay per view? (laughs) It was mediocre. The only two matches that saved the card that were I thought were good was the. John Cena versus Bray Wyatt match and the um, final match, the Shield versus Evolution. Those are the only two matches that saved the pay-per-view. I'm not saying the other matches were bad, but I've seen those performers before and I thought to myself, you can do so much better here. You know? The the problem is with that, it's like none of these matches, again, because it was, I think, the only WWE pay-per-view I've seen in years where the title wasn't defended. Last time I think that happened was around the time when Batista was World Heavyweight Champion. And that was how many years ago with the brand extension when he was on SmackDown? 2007? Yeah. 2006. Yeah, 2007, 2006. Oh, yeah, because when Batista was the World Heavyweight Champion, he had to give it up because he was in that feud with Mark Henry, but he injured himself. Yeah, but I'm talking about like having an active champion on, oh. on the roster and, and not having him wrestle. I, I want to say Stone Cold. 
I think so, yeah. Like back in the late 90s. Can you remember he injured his neck and he they kept him champion, but he didn't wrestle that. He did. Yeah, yeah, wrestle. it was the, the 1998 run, I think. Yeah, so, so that's the reason why they got him the whole feud with Vince McMahon was the fact that they didn't want him to wrestle because of the fact that he had an injured neck, but he was still on the show now, now and again. But um, the problem was, um, the problem with Daniel Bryan is that he is so over. It's like, it's like, the best way to describe it, you know when John Cena was over when he first became the WWE Champion, everyone loved him. Oh, oh yeah, I mean the the crowd lost their shit when he won the when when he won the championship from JBL because yeah. they fucking hated JBL. Yeah. They they did that well in the fact that they built that up so well. And and if you watch the match, it was a pretty me- mediocre match. Yeah. But when he won the when he won the belt, people lost their shit. Yes, like they were like, John, "Holy crap!" Say, John Cena. I think John Cena jumped in the crowd, and the crowd were like, sort of hell holding him up in the air, him holding the title at one point. And that that would mean it's like I think that's the last time I can think of with the crowd when a wrestler was so. That's the reason why John Cena is so big at the moment. It's because a lot of people give him grief, but you got to remember when he won that title. My God, everyone fucking loved him. Yeah, because, cause, you know, I think it has more to do with JBL being such a horrible fucking champion that they just got tired of him and yeah. they w- would have cheered yeah. anyone who would have came yeah. in and t- taken yeah. the title from him. Yeah, I, I think the whole thing with JBL was that the only reason why he kept that belt was mainly because he was undoubtedly, I think he was one of the best people on the mic during that year. Yeah, but but the problem is, while he while his promos were great, Oh, he's wrestling all his matches, all his all his matches were awful. Oh, yeah, you can call like, all, of, all of them gimmicks. All of them gimmick matches, and I fucking hate gimmick matches. I'm sorry, I I, I hate that. I fucking hate gimmick matches. Strap rope match or whatever oh, well, bullshit. Hey, match with Big Show. Last casket um, was it? Hearst match with um, Undertaker. A bull rope type match with Eddie Guerrero when he actually won the title. I remember. And also, if it wasn't a gimmick match, you knew the match was going to end because either the Bashams or Orlando Jordan was going to come down and basically interfere in the match and make him win. Yeah, I mean, it was all... Because, again, I understand why they did because he's a heel and he was like... Be honest, even back then he was out of shape. But oh, yeah. still, you know, it... If you're going to have a heel champion, have him defend the title properly. It's like, I fucking hate this bullshit where the cowardly heel, I, it always bothered me. It always fucking bothered me. And he had a long reign, like a year long. I mean, a lot of people complain about the product now, and believe me, believe you me, we will later on, but 2004 to 2005 were two of the most horrible years in being a wrestling fan because on Raw, on Raw you had Triple H with his never-ending reign, and on SmackDown you had JBL with his never-ending reign. It was awful. That's the reason why WrestleMania t- uh, 21 happened. Everyone lost their shit when Batista and John Cena won those titles. That you know, because it's like because they got tired of the same shit especially with with Triple H I fucking hated that bullshit where finally Shawn Michaels comes back after years of being absent wins the world heavyweight championship it's a great moment and then loses it a week later yeah, and then, bullshit and then it didn't help with as well it's like um I remember when Goldberg when he came in he was over uh, he was really over he was again Goldberg never been a great wrestler but he was over and I remember the first elimination. It wasn't the first. I think it was the second elimination chamber at SummerSlam, and he should have won it then, because that crowd was so behind him that match. And what did they do? Basically, they padded up Triple H as much as possible because he wore those long tights because he injured his legs again. 
I, also, the problem with his reign is like he was feuding with these old guys. He wasn't putting anyone over. He was like fucking yeah, Scott Steiner, Goldberg, Kane of all people. It's like why are you feuding with these old guys who are should not be in the title picture? Yeah, Kevin Nash was the number one. Shawn Michaels, I can understand why Shawn Michaels beat him for the title because that was a very magical moment. That was the thing because he just came back less than a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it was a great moment, and then he loses it, you know, a week later, and it's just... Did he lose uh, it on the three stages of hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's like, it just, it was an awful time, and and while we're not getting back to that awful time, we are getting to, like, the the, the rut that WWE's been in since 2009 and 2012. Yeah. Two awful years. Awful years. Yeah, two, yeah, I would say, yeah, like you said, 04, 05 was really bad. 09 was just god-awful. That, that year, you could just sum up with just two, well, two, just by naming two wrestlers, John Cena versus Randy Orton. That, that was, that was the year that was just the year the, the non-stop feud between those two. Yeah, because they had no one. Like, and the problem is they built they didn't build up any of their guys, and it's like, oh shit, we don't have any credible wrestlers on the main roster. You know, just. And then 2010 was good. Then they nah, it was okay. No, it you had the whole. And then 2011 was was quite interesting because it was doing that the whole thing with CM Punk started off with 2012, and I got to say during that year, two wrestlers really had good a feud with each other. It was John Cena and CM Punk. Yeah, that was a great feud. And what does WWE do? They put about immediately. No, immediately after that, they put Punk with a feud with Ryback of all people, and it was shit. That was quite a few years later on, but they put Punk in a rivalry with um, well. Richie was with Kevin Nash, but Kevin Nash wasn't cleared for the match, so it was Triple H. And what does Triple H do? Doesn't put Punk over, he beats him. <laughs> and I love after that, it's like, okay, because I said to myself, okay, fine, you know, they'll probably have another match. Nope. <laughs> yeah, <it's really laughs> That's another reason, I, this is another reason I don't like the story, some of the storytelling in, in WWE, because... One minute these guys are enemies, the next time, the next Triple H is coming out to make the save. I mean, it's just ugh. <laughs> well, I mean, wrestling telling a wrestling storyline is not that hard. It's basically very basic storytelling because WWE is it's a soap opera, and soap operas writing is not that hard to do. To be honest, you just basically need conflict and basically good guy versus bad guy. That's the whole thing, and then the good guy eventually bails over the bad guy. Yeah, and I think that the, the but the thing is, it's like it. It was you know, 2012 was that year where I just gave up. I I just said nothing's going on worth my time. I don't want to watch this anymore because it was. You had Punk's reign, which was you know good for him, but the problem is the roster was just so shitty at the time. There was no one worth worth his time other than Cena, which was just depressing. The thing was that I stopped watch wrestling for at least a good year because 09, government 09, the whole feud of John Cena vs. Randy got me out of wrestling. I thought, I can't watch this. And then the thing that got me back into wrestling was the Nexus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 2010 was the year I got back into it full time because yeah. I, I stopped watching after you know Eddie passed away because uh, you know that that hit me real hard and I'm like I don't want to watch this anymore because yeah. uh, you know the um yeah but yeah it's just like 
now if we fast forward a few years, like payback has happened and WWE is a very awkward situation with Daniel Bryan because he, he's over and I've got to say, WWE did a lot of stupid choices with Daniel Bryan because they really had no, they didn't realise how over he was until people, the fans revolt against, against WWE with their decision making. Yeah, because originally, and this was real, this happened, they wanted Batista versus Randy Orton, and they brought back Batista, and he was this big baby face, and he just looks winded. I'm sorry, he looks older, he looks winded, he doesn't look like, he doesn't look like he's into this anymore, and I'm kind of like... This is the guy you want to be champion. And, and believe you me, if, if if they went with their original plans, they would have had this fucker be champion. Believe you me. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was... I remember they when he won the Rumble, I have never, never seen a wrestler get booed like he did. Yeah. Never. That Royal Rumble was just... Um... The thing was, it's just like, he came out, and the crowd was just... The crowd, that Royal Rumble... I, I never saw anything like that. That crowd was fuming at the WWE with their decision-making and everything like that. It's just like... I think that was a sign to the, the people behind the curtain saying, yeah, you need to get your shit together, because you know what, these people... Um, these people and even just, then, yeah. even then, they hesitated. What did they do the next night on Raw? They have a... Terrible segment with Batista, Lesnar, and Orton. And they were booing back then, too, you know? It's like... You... It's like they're, they they tried so hard to piss off their fans, and it's just... It just it just made things worse, and, and it just... They were backed up into a decision. They were like, you can either push Daniel Bryan or not, because, you know, if you... If they again, like I said, if they had went with their plans with Batista versus Orton for the main event of WrestleMania 30, they would have been pissed. They would have fucking burnt down that stadium. Oh yeah, they probably would have. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just like it took a while, but I don't know. It's like we don't really know, but it sounded like they were going to go that way. But if if this was all planned out to to go like that. Well, give them props, but I, but that will be giving WWE way too much credit. Yeah, because because you want to know what Daniel Bryan was doing at the time? He was in a feud with Bray Wyatt, and um, you know he became part of the Wyatt family. And then out of nowhere, they realized this is fucking stupid. Have him win, and you know have him leave the family after like two weeks. <laughs> it's just they cuz they realized he was over and it's like this 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 fucking feud wasn't get, giving him going anywhere with him so you know put him in the title picture yeah it's just well any well not really cuz if it here's the thing if punk had not left and put them in that awkward position I... they wouldn't have given him the title <laughs> no cuz the thing was that um again we're talking about punk here punk is a very I mean, no one knows, to be honest. No, everyone can speculate, everyone can say what they want, anything like that. I think Paul Heyman summed it up perfectly, is that the only people that know um, what's happened with the whole Punk situation is Punk himself, Vincent Mann, and Triple H. None of them have, have spoken about it. Yeah, I mean, it just... It was an awkward situation, because this is the first time in years a wrestler has just up and left. 
Like he didn't ask him for his contract to 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 expire. He just left. He just said, "Fuck it, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore." Because, because again, it it was the raw, and and he was feuding with Triple H at the time, or Kane, or whatever. And it was after the Rumble, and I think he saw just how bad the crowd was at the time dur- during the Rumble, because because you had to. Because here's the thing, people, you had to watch this shit live to know how how vicious the crowd was. Yeah. Like, you watch it on the DVD, it's probably edited, but, like, if you if you have, like, a raw taping of, uh, of the live event, they were vicious. Yeah. They were vicious. They were cheering whoever they wanted to cheer. They were booing whoever they wanted to boo. They were chanting boring during the, the Cena and, and Orton match, and yeah. it just, it... It was awful. It was it was the first time when a WWE crowd turned against them because again, the WWE crowd they're usually like you know they're normally into it all the way through. They just the thing with WWE the WWE crowd is basically they've got two motions. Either they're into it or they just don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's either they're because they're they're either into it like you know cheering and whatnot or they you know, they're just quiet while while the wrestling happens. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah and. They showed an emotion that's not been shown for a long, long time. It's like, I would say even hopping back to the days of WCW, I know, I know we're talking about a different company here, but hopping back to the day when the NWO first showed up. Because here's the thing, like, Daniel Bryan is one of the few guys who's gotten popular outside of wrestling in years. You know, you have people doing the yes chant at, at NBA, you know, stadiums and and everywhere else and you know yes 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 that shit has not gotten popular since stone cold you know yeah and it just again i'm happy they gave him the title but i am i'm kind of disappointed in in uh in 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 the whole situation they're in right now because again he broke his neck he's in a tough place they don't know if he's going to wrestle. I mean, the money in the bank thing, it's like, oh, you know, if he doesn't wrestle, he's going to forfeit the title or whatever. It's just some dumb stipulation. And I'm thinking to myself, props to you guys for, you know, keeping him champion, but you are in a rough place. Mm-hmm. You are in a rough place, and you have to play your cards very, very carefully because... Uh, I think Daniel Bryan will not be ready for money in the bank. He basically, he's coming way too back from... It's it's not like a full neck surgery, but basically it was a disc plate surgery in the neck. Ugh. Which, um, if you bring him back early, um, if you want to bring him back early to that, you're really, really going to screw him over. So what? You, oh, now here's the question: if, if you take the belt off him, who are you going to give the belt to? I I I don't know because. Uh... Because one of the problems I have with WWE right now is the roster is so small, nobody's built up, the main event is non-existent. It's non-existent. Everyone else is doing their own thing now. Like, everyone else is in their own feud, and um, and I don't see anyone being ready for main event. You know, other than other than Wyatt, other than Bray Wyatt, because he's the only one who's gotten any decent built-up as a character for the past couple of months. Yeah, that's the problem. It's just that 
with Way Bright, he's not. Maybe one day he might be championship material, but at the moment, no, he's not. He's like intercontinental US. If you put one of those belts in, that makes sense. But putting the WWE Championship on him is not smart. I because because I think he's gonna win the Money in the Bank. It's so obvious. Yeah, yeah they need to push someone who basically he's got a lot of steam behind him. Bray Wyatt. That's what I mean because I said earlier, like the only two great matches at Payback were were John Cena versus Bray Wyatt and um, Shield versus Evolution. And the thing with Bray Wyatt, they done him so well. It's like a lot of people got him over and stuff like that, and it's just. I think he's the correct guy to win the money in the bank, but at the moment, you know what's going to happen. You know the championship's going to go back to. <laughs> Orton. <laughs> it's either going to be Orton or John Cena. Like, and, and... I'd rather want John Cena to have the title. Mainly yeah, I, I'd rather Cena, because I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, you don't see it. No, believe you me, I've seen a Randy Orton reign, and it was awful. It was fucking awful. At least with John Cena, he can throw some sort of entertainment in his reigns and stuff like that. Even when he had that, what was it, feud with Mark Henry? It's a cycle, like, the crowd were basically having a go at Mark Henry, basically saying sexual chocolate, then John <laughs> Cena laughing. Um, even, 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 like, his feud with Bray Wyatt, the crowd was into it. They yeah. weren't, like, you know, sitting there quiet and, like, fiddling their thumbs. And, and no, they were into it. And that it was, was a great, brutal. it was a, it was, it was a great match, and I'm like, oh, Bray Wyatt lost. No, but even, like, looking at the ending, if it was, it's like, smart. a squash, it was like, if it was, like, a squash, I would have been, I would have been disappointed, but it was smart, you know, it's, like, bury the guy under, like, so much stuff. To, he can't get he out. Yeah. It was great. It was a great match. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the Bray Wyatt, it's, like, I remember you and me when we talked about this in, like, um, Skype Conversations, like, both you and me were worried when they said when they're going to be Brave Wyatt going to play John Cena at WrestleMania. We both we were both like, okay, you got this many weeks to set him up. Can they do it? And funny enough, they did. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because that match WrestleMania ain't shit compared to the matches they had after that. <laughs> oh yeah, the cage match, the cage match they had, and also the um, the match of Payback, so good. Yeah, it's like. It shows, again, it's like, oh, you know, Cena sucks, Cena can't wrestle, yet why are people cheering and, and having a good time when they were chanting, this is awesome, at John Cena matches, you know, come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, title, most likely going to go back to John Cena. Because, again, because the problem isn't him, it's the, the problem is no one is built up to be a main eventer, that's the problem. You know, you got the Shield doing their own thing with Evolution, and we'll talk about them shortly. Like, they, you got no one else. Like, Sheamus has gone back to being fucking mid-card, yeah. which I'm like, ugh, why? The only, to be fair, the only good mid-card I'm liking at the moment is uh, Wade Barrett. It's Wade. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Bad News Barrett, and he's the only good mid-carder at the moment, in my personal opinion. Because they, finally they f realized, oh shit, if we're going to put the title back on him, have him fucking defend it. Yeah. To, be, no? to be fair, if you look at his, um, if you look at the mid-card thing, it's only him and Cody Rhodes, I would say, have been good, been good champions for that title in the last three years. 
Also, uh, mentioning Cody Rhodes, fuck the storyline with him and told us right now. I'm, not, I'm sorry. Oh, they lost and Co- Cody feels bad and he's like, oh no, I let you down, bro. Here's another tag team partner. And they're going to do this shit every week now, aren't they? God damn it. Fuck this bullshit. <laughs> Just one of the worst storylines ever. It's like, you could have had the perfect chance to turn him heel then, but nope. I just... you. Stop teasing me. We all want to see this match. I mean, Goldust has done phenomenal work at his age. We want to see the match. You know? <laughs> but, uh, of course not. Where We have to go through so much bullshit just to get to the good part. Yeah, the, the problem is the whole Goldust and Cody Rhodes thing. We all know where this is going to go to. Can we just have like one of them just punch the other one? They basically say they're in a feud and they're going to have a match at um, SummerSlam. Because I want to see that. Yeah. I mean, we were tempted. I heard rumors. They were like, you know, a WrestleMania match. I'm like, yeah, that's good. You know, these two guys are great. I would love to see it. It's going to be the sleeper hit of WrestleMania. Yeah. Nope, didn't happen. Yeah, they put the, they put the tag team titles on them during that WrestleMania, didn't they? I think it was a... No, it wasn't. I think it was another pay-per-view. I don't remember which one it was. But they had the titles for a while, and then they lost them to the Usos. Yeah. Didn't the New Age out, out... No, they beat the New Age Outlaws to win them, didn't they? And that was a great moment. Yeah. That was a great moment when they won it. Everyone came out and celebrated. It's like, holy shit, the tag team titles actually mean something for once. <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, I'll give WWE credit for this. They have made the tag team titles worth something again. In, in, oh, in yeah, I mean... Times. I, I love I love the Usos being finally in in the feud with Bray Wyatt and John Cena. I love them being worked into it because I really like them and I I've enjoyed their matches with the Wyatt family. That, they, that was a great. Uh, they made that match. They they helped them and the rest of the Wyatt family really helped that John Cena John Cena versus Bray Wyatt match. They really helped it because it basically gave that little extra level of threat, excitement, tension. Like they were jumping all over the place. And sadly, we have to talk about the shield. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, where should we begin with this? Uh, okay, I, I think this. I'm going to start this appropriate. A long, long time ago, in a magical place where creative developers make wrestlers come from NXT into WWE, came the shield. Now everyone thought we we're going to flop and had a stupid gimmick, but surprised everyone and became great hits. That's probably the best way I could put it. <laughs> yeah, because when they were first announced, I fucking hated the gimmick, was, to be quite I honest. Was, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, I remember you were telling me, fuck this shit, fuck this shit, fuck this shit. And I was like, give him a chance. And he went, no, no, I'm not going to give a fucking chance. <laughs> and then I, I think the match that won you over was Daniel Bryan, Kane, and Ryback versus The Shield. You're like, oh my god, that was an excellent match. No, no, it was John Cena, Ryback, and, and, and someone else. I think it was Kane or yeah. someone. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> I think it was the Money in the Bank like, yeah. ladder match or something. And and Seth Rollins, when he like fell from the ladder, it's like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> that guy's a daredevil. He's like the, the, he's like the next, well, this generation super crazy, I would say. It's like holy shit! I like these guys, and and as time went on, their promos became better. They gave them all. And Roman Reigns, I, I, I mean Roman Reigns. I talked a lot of shit about yeah. him, but if if ever there was anything good about the Royal Rumble, he kicked so much ass. I'm like, yeah. 
God damn. And that beat Kane's record, for that matter, and also in Survivor Series before that. he I was there live, and I was like, okay, I'm impressed by this guy. He took out most of the people in the Survivor Series match he was in. Yeah, I mean, it's like they they became really good, and... Oh, God. The, the, the booking is all over the place. Let me explain. Um, a few months ago... Well, I think a couple months. I, I think it was a year or two ago, or yeah. a couple months ago... They were hinting at the shield breaking up. Yeah. But seeing as they were so over, they're like, fuck it, face turn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, they kept them together because they were so popular. Like, I think they've been the most popular sta- um, stable or oh, three man team in years. They've been so well. They, they work well together. They're good on the mic. They improved over time as well. They even got better. And um, each of them got the. Each of them didn't feel like a team. It was like when it first off, you thought, "Oh, just a shield." But then, when when team grew and grew, you knew them as the individuals: Roman Reigns, Dana, Steph Rollins, um, Dana Amstam. You know? Yeah, I mean, and the promos got really better, and 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 you felt like everyone had a different style. You know, uh, Seth Rollins had the had the crazy, you know, jumping off shit Daredevil style. Roman Reigns was the powerhouse, and Dean Ambrose was the was the technical guy. You yeah. know, it's just everyone had their own style, and then they worked. You know, it it was a great stable, and I mean, for fuck's sake, Dean Ambrose is like the longest reigning U.S. champion in years. Yeah. So, well, he never fucking defended the title. Yeah, it's well, like uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was it was really it was really well done with the with the characters and. We talked about this, and everyone, everyone on the fucking internet talked about this. Say, if that team's going to break up, who was going to be the cause of it? And a lot of people, money was going to be on um, who was it? Dean Ambrose, because he, yeah. he he has that face you just want to punch. <laughs> a lot of people talked about him, but no, they took the guy, the most unlikely guy to do it. <laughs> I mean, look, I like Seth Rollins. It was it was a good, it was a shocking moment. I'll give him that. It was the only good moment out of a terrible Raw, because that Raw was fucking awful, oh, and if that oh, didn't oh, happen... Oh, you didn't like Big Show versus um, Damien Sound, Damien Soundow in a basketball match? Oh, or, or how about... Oh, Daniel Bryan's not here. Put John Cena in his place. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. he comes out and basically insults Stephanie McMahon, and Kane comes out, and it ended... <laughs> uh, because they... And they have an awful match, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, they have my... Kane, him and Kane had much more better matches years and years ago, but that's another story. Um, yeah, it just, it was god-awful. <laughs> also, my favorite moment out of that entire Raw, Rusev's fucking coronation, where no one interrupted it, it went on forever, and I'm like, what is the point of this? <laughs> yeah, you could at least have someone come out, even Biggie Langston come out and basically attack him, you know, but... You know, the only thing that Rusev got for him is is the female speaker. That's the only thing he got going for him. Is, is that was it Lana her name? Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's the only thing he got going for him is that if she's not there speaking for him, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's like, I don't understand Vince. It's like he always brings up these fucking big guys, and he's like, he wants to push them. He always does this, and I'm like. Vince, give it a rest, because I know you. You always do this. You did this shit with Ryback. Look where that got you. Oh, you mean Ryback? <laughs> it's like, yeah. 
<laughs> no, I remember back in 2012 when he came out, when Ryback first came out, he was getting pushed. He was like, oh, this guy's going to be the next big thing. And all he did was just beat Jobber. So that's all he did. It was funny because when he first came out, everyone just started chanting Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. And then and WWE was like, no, no, um, don't worry. That, that's going to settle down. People can stop calling it. At payback, they were calling him Goldberg. <laughs> it's like... Or, or another favorite, uh, Curtis Axel, who even Paul Heyman himself, with all his awesome gimmick work and mic work, could not put this motherfucker over. Well, he could have put the moment over. <laughs> moment. <laughs> oh, that was bad. So bad. Because I called him generic man, because that's what he was. He was just a generic-looking motherfucker. <laughs> At no personality or anything because the moment is the moment <laughs> um, but it was just, it was awful it was but the, the, like I said it's like Steph Rollins like I was reading up some stuff and I think it's just going to rumor but um, Vince made the decision to break up the shield was because of last week's rule ratings and it was made on the Sunday during um Um, gave that, that's the reason why it happened because Raw um, Vince Man didn't like the fact that Raw had very low ratings <laughs> hey why are you complaining Vince you have the same ratings as the Simpsons because <laughs> their ratings have dropped as well <laughs> no I think that the thing is it's like with the ratings you're kind of because because here's the thing ratings uh, like it's it's I understand when you're in the television business you want good ratings but at the same time you got to remember it's like 2014 and wrestling has not been that popular in the mainstream media for a while now and I know Vince you want to be- you want to believe that you can get your product to be as popular as it was back in you know the 90s but it's just never going to be it's never going to be because, uh, you know, we have the internet now, and, and we have other ways of... Because back then, the only way you could watch this show was live. That's why you had so much good ratings for Raw back then. And back then, you had a legit company to compete with, WCW. But nowadays, there aren't there aren't a lot of... You know, there, there's no one to compete with. There's no one... And you're not pushing the limit with with, with your product. You're not... You're not building up these stars. You're not letting them... You're not... I wouldn't say you're not, like, giving them good characters because you are giving them a lot of good characters, but the thing is, it's like, it's just not the same. You you bring up all these guys, you build them up, you push them down their throats, and you expect us to accept them, and it's it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And it's just... It just it's a tough time, because, again... You know, wrestling has gotten slightly popular in the mainstream media again. I mean, WrestleMania 20 to 30 was a huge deal. It, you know, everyone was talking about it on Twitter. But at the same time, after that, it just went down. You know, just you know, it went back to being uh, an only thing a couple people talk about. You know, and and it's it's really hard for me to 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 want to watch the product because again, this the whole Shield thing. It's not. It's interesting, but it's not that interesting to make me want to go. I want to watch more of this. 
And then having the gall to go on SmackDown and say, oh, you know, Seth, Roll- Seth Rollins is going to explain himself. No, he isn't. Because they're not going to give that shit away on a fucking SmackDown episode, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. It's just, it's at that point where I think I need another break from this shit, because it, it, it's not, it, it's like not, I wouldn't say, it's just so mediocre and so bland and and, and so uninteresting that I'm just like, I don't care anymore. I'm, it's, and, and yeah, this week's Raw was awful. It was God fucking awful. And I'm like, wow, you guys were doing so well during WrestleMania time. What happened? It, it was an awful fucking Raw, and I'm kind of like, wow. <laughs> you know, it... Again, if it wasn't for that heel turn with, with Seth Rollins, I don't think I would have given a shit about Raw, because it was just so bad. So bad. <laughs> and then he got money in the bank, and and that's not looking like a good pay-per-view, because again, with the whole Daniel Bryan situation, they're, they're kind of like, oh no, he's going to fight Kane, and I'm kind of like, don't announce shit before you know if he's going to be ready or not, because if you announce shit before you know he's ready or not... You're going to look like fucking idiots. Yeah. Just, just, I, I just wish something would happen to, 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 to kick, to kick this project, you know, over with, but it's not, it's, even the money in the bank match, I don't think that, again, now that it's one title, and no one's built up, like, who's going to win it? Like, no one, like, I remember the days when the money in the bank match was just mid-carders, getting into the main event, you know, getting there, getting from the mid-card into the main event, but nowadays that, that the main event is so small, it doesn't even matter anymore, it, like, all these guys are lost in the shuffle, and they're just, they're just like, I don't even know anymore, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's gotten to that point where I feel like, yeah, it's 2009 all over again, where, you're just giving me the same fucking shit over and over again, and you're not pushing the guy we want to see because the guy we want to see has a broken neck and he can't be on TV that much anymore. Yes, again, they're in the same situation as they were back in the late 90s with Stone Cold. It's the fact that he's injured, he can't wrestle, they're going to have to take the belt off him, they're going to have to give it to someone, and whoever they're going to give it to, he's just going to have to be a placeholder. That's the reason why I think it should be John Cena, because to be fair... He is a good placeholder champion, and also you can do, at least with him you can do stuff, you know, because the, there's a section of the crowd that do like him, unlike Randy Orton, where there's a lot of people that don't like him, you know. Oh yeah, when he came out, no reaction. Yeah, no reaction. It's like we've been saying this for like I, was, I say since twenty two. He has not been read of Randy Orton has not been good since oh nine. Yeah. Because here's the problem. They should have never turned him face. They should have never gave him a face run because that face run from from 2010 till 2013 was awful. That killed his character. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, he's a heel again? No, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. (laughs) The thing is, if you want to re-energize his character, all you need to do is bring back the legend killer gimmick. That's all you need to do with him. Because 
even the, even like even evolution coming back, it's like you you guys are grasping for straws. I mean, okay, like I said, I like the fact that they're getting the old veterans versus the new guys, but at the same time, how am I supposed to root for the new guys when they beat their asses twice? And also, as well, why would um, I got to say one thing? But we did learn one thing out of this, that whole rivalry, though. You want to know what that is? What? Dave Bautista waves like the Queen. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. I gotta admit, that's probably I gotta admit that made me laugh so much. Then when he's leaving the ring and Triple H say, "Get back here, Dave." It's like, "Don't come running back to me when your film flops, Batista." Are <laughs> you not, not going to do if that's going to make me laugh? If because um, he's in Guardian of the Galaxy, and I think Guardian of the Galaxy, I think it won't do amazingly, but it will do well enough for him. The, for it to be a, a, a success in the franchise, you know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it'll make money. Yeah, it makes it's, money. It's it's coming out during like August, and August is probably looking like to be like the the slow month. Yeah. So you know. So yeah, so like that's gonna make its money back easily. But but the thing is, it's like if if he comes back to WWE during that time, I'm going to be like, if if he comes back and he's going to feud with Triple H, I'm going to be fucking done with this crap, yeah. because I, I'm sorry, I don't want to see that. They've tried so hard to push this guy, he's done, he's done nothing for them, and even, like I said, even when he's having matches with the, with the, with the normal guys on SmackDown or whatever, he looks tired, he looks winded, he's just not even... You know he's not even trying anymore. You know what I'm worried about. What? Okay, Money in the Bank. You let Asaro win. You let Asaro win the Money in the Bank. Then your main event is Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, here we are. Brock Lesnar wins it. Then there's uh, Cesaro comes out and cashes it in. <laughs> I heard that rumor, and I think that that might happen. <laughs> I even for, I even forgot because because again here's the here's how bad WWE booking is. So they were pushing Cesaro a lot for like two or three weeks, and then after like payback, they just forgot about him. Yeah, you that really <laughs> killed his steam. But yeah, he at the moment I forgot to mention this. He him and Way um, Braid Wyatt are the odds on favorite to win it. Money in the bank at the moment. I, I still I still think Bray Wyatt's probably going to win. To be fair, he deserves it more, to be honest, because he he's it's like you put him with with their top their 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 top guy in the company. That's John Cena, and he's done well. He's just he deserves it. Because the problem with Cesaro, while he's a great in ring worker, he has he has no feud to carry him over into the main event. He's just there. He's just like it, like he's still in feuds for the like the for like the fucking. U.S. Championship. I'm like, that belt doesn't mean shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, at least we did the Continental. They basically do try it. I think the only reason why... I think Vince got a bit of a vendetta against the U.S. title, you know? Because it's from <laughs> well, WCW. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, to be fair, it was... when I remember the episode where it was introduced on the SmackDown brand as the equivalent of the Intercontinental title on Raw. It was just basically, basically Stephanie McMahon coming out and saying, this is going to be the belt... It's gonna be our, it's gonna be our equivalent to the IC title on SmackDown, so not the best of introductions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God, just 
I'm 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 struggling, man. I'm really am struggling to keep up with this with this product. I, I'm like I want to like it. I don't want to like be because again, I know there's a lot yeah. more worse out so, there. TNA. <laughs> so unless WWE, in the metaphorical sense of a baseball game, throw a few curveballs and get a couple of home runs, um, the product is not doing too great. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what you say. Unless they do something that will make a couple of home runs with with their ideas, it's just very stale at the moment. If ever there was a time I wish Sting was in the WWE as a ca- character, it'd be now. <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for him to come out, and when Paul Heyman's talking, coming out when Paul Heyman's talking about his crime, Brock Lesnar's beating the streak, he comes out, he knocks him out with a baseball bat. <laughs> no, seriously, that will get him over instantaneously. <laughs> With the WWE crowd, so you know, Sting, get your ass in here, come because uh, uh, you know I don't think this product is going to last another year. <laughs> they, they need to get some. They need to get some credibility wrestlers back. But yeah, I, is there anything else about Raw or WWE we want to talk about? Um. Well, Total Divas. I've been watching more of that oh, show. That show is just hilarious. That train is like a constant train wreck within itself. Like you just can't <laughs> take your eye. I, I'm, I'm really, really bad for this because um, I've been watching it since day one. And even you were like, "Why are you watching it?" Like, dude, you have to watch this. And you're like, "I'm not going to watch it." And then eventually, I finally convince you to go over and watch it. You're like, "Oh my god, I can understand why you're watching this now." It's so bad <laughs> and so fake, and it's just. Like, I love, I love the fact that they, in this, in this pretend world that they've created, the Divas division is, like, over with the crowd. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I love, I love how Natalia talks, oh, God, I remember that episode where she has a nosebleed? Yeah. And she talks about TLC, like, it's this great pay-per-view and whatnot, and I'm like, it's a fucking throwaway pay-per-view, it's not... (laughs) I do feel sorry for Natalie, because she's, like, the only equivalent diva on the show that you like, and she's basically stuck with this lot. (laughs) (laughs) God, I... I just the stuff they get these girls to say is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Summer Rae and Eve, Mar- Eve Marie, they they play them up to be the bitchy types, and they play their part to a T. Well, Eve Marie, not not human at all. I thought she was a robot. <laughs> yeah, because, look, guys, if you need to watch a show... Drinking game. Take a shot every time you every time you see uh, Eve Marie make the same expression. <laughs> and uh, believe you me. <laughs> okay, if you, okay. I just came came up with a great idea. The total diva drinking game. Every, every single time Eve Marie makes the same face, take a shot. Every single time when one of the female divas talk behind the other one's back and say a nasty comment, you take a shot. Every single time when John Cena or Daniel Bryan makes her appearance, take a shot. Every single time when a diva talks about sex or booty calls or publicity, take a shot. Just that alone will just get you pissed. Oh, God, what was that? What was it? Well, I don't remember. We'll what talk was about it? the title. That too. Oh, God, what was her name? Naomi or something yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I remember that 
that scene on the bus where she's like talking about her hip hop song, and then they cut to it, and it's like the most disgusting shit I've ever heard. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god! Oh, yeah, again, I gotta say, Natalie did had one of the best moments on the show when she basically goes in the toilet, and you remember the, the hot cold stuff. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and then Daniel Bryan just like, but it'll be taking a deuce in there. <laughs> Like, Why are you having sex on my bus? <laughs> I can't admit, Daniel Bryan, he's quite funny. It's quite funny because he's just like, I, I, I wonder, because I think, I think all the divas are acting, I think he's the only one, and probably John Cena, the only two are not acting in the situations, you know, because they're just like, Daniel Bryan's like, okay. He's, he reminds me of that, like, uh, nosy neighbor of, of, like, a rowdy bunch, and he's like, God damn you kids, get off my lawn. (laughs) Skinner! (laughs) For some weird reason, John Cena is sort of like, he's more interesting on the show than he is sometime during his private. Because here's the thing, John Cena's actually a funny guy if you see him in interviews and stuff like that. He's a really entertaining motherfucker, but... They just don't want him to do that because um, the pro- the program is so scripted. They just want him to be like a generic character, and I'm like, no, this dude is funny. This dude's fun to hang out with, you know. <laughs> he's like he's like the guy you go down to the bar or like a pub or something, and you see him there, you recognize who he is, and it's like, hey, John, and everyone knows who he is, and everyone enjoys him, and it's just like, oh, it's just here. It's just like he is kind of there, but at the same time, he's like, and also. I think the way they've done John Cena, it's like it's so scripted. He's like the voice. It's like him and Daniel Bryan are the voice of reason. Like basically, he's pretty much what everyone's thinking when they watch the show and they say it. And you're like, thank you. Also, I love the first episode where you look you look at his face. He's confused. He doesn't know what to say. He's like, uh, he's like, uh. I'm just here holding my fishing rod. Yeah, I, I feel more comfortable holding his fishing rod going fishing. <laughs> Oh god, what was it? Them going to the house and having a pool party and whatnot. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> just, it's weird. You know what? I miss JoJo. I that oh. that girl. Uh, I just she's been buried. Because <laughs> I'm like, she was 19, and and God, why did you put her in the ring? She was just a kid. I was there at Survivor Series when they put her in our first match, and. I... It was, um, who was it? It was um, AJ's bodyguard. Who is it? Um, Tamina. Uh, Tamina. Tamina. Yeah. And I saw that in actual close. I thought, oh my gosh, she is going to destroy her. <laughs> and sure enough, she did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I liked her. Because she was like the only other diva, original diva from the show that I liked. Because, you know, she was like, I kind of could get behind that. You know, working for a main company and having to be expected to do a lot of great things. But you know that you, you're not going to live up to that potential. You yeah. know? But nowadays, it's just like, I don't like Summer. She's just, just like, oh, we need another bitchy character. Bring in Summer. Which I'm like, god damn, really? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is something my grandma would wear. It's like, it's not sexy enough. I'm like, why do you care so much about what you wear? <laughs> yeah. I just I just love the idea that, oh, because, again, if you if you follow wrestling, you know that the, the, the guys make their own trunks and designs and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I love the idea that there's this old black woman sewing all this stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if she actually is there, mainly because if they do rip their gear... 
and they need a quick patch dodge. I can understand that, but... Yeah, but come on, she's not behind all those no, designs, because no, I'm like, not. come on. No. <laughs> I can imagine she's just there just to do quick patch jobs if like if a wrestler do, do rip their tights or a piece of clothing, you know, but not to design all their clothing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just... It, it's one of those shows that's so bad, it's just entertaining, and I, I want it to be renewed for another season, because this yeah, shit is just... Well, it, it, yes. It's been renewed for a first season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, 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 so it's, 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 it's one of the most popular shows on the E Network at the moment. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a reality show. Of course, it's going to be on there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the most most viewed one at the moment. That's the thing. But um, it's funny as all hell. Intentionally unfunny, but it's enjoyable. It's so scripted. I think the only time when you know it's not scripted when they talk about someone getting injured, and that's about it. I would say. Oh god, what was it? The slap with Natalia? Oh, get off my <laughs> what? You mean get off my property? <laughs> or oh no no, or, or, or the cat goes missing. <laughs> anyway, and I was like, what was it Jay Uso say? Has anyone seen Natalie's pussy? <laughs> oh god, he's funny as well. Oh god, what was it? I, I love that. Uh, I think it was the second or third episode where he's talking shit about about uh, her working, and I'm like, motherfucker, you work for the same company. Yeah, I got. I tell you, one person. There was the only one episode is Rikishi. He looked uncomfortable when he was talking on camera. Uh, uh. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go this way, but yeah, yeah. See you later. <laughs> oh god, and Tyson Kidd is just a horrible actor. <laughs> It's hilarious. This show's awesome. This show's just so fucking hilarious. If you guys have not watched it, watch it. It's just so fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It, it, it really is unintentional. I'm surprised we haven't talked about the betters at all about the show, because they seem to be the two one that seem to be focused around most of the time, so... They are just played up as bitches in this. So <laughs> badly. And some of the popular stuff they come out... It's like very generic, blonde head girl sort of thing, you know. <laughs> and just... I do like what's her name, uh, Daniel Bryan's wife, because she seems oh, like nice one out of the both of them. Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bree see them all down the earth, one out. Nikki, Nikki see to be the very over top, typical party type of girl, very mad and wild. Just, I'm like. I get what they're trying to do with them, and more power to them. I mean, this is the reason why they came back to the company to begin with. It, it just... <laughs> it's just so hilarious seeing them act this way, and I'm like, you know they don't act this way in real life. You know they don't. <laughs> well, you know, Nikki might, but, you know, Brie, uh, nah. Pretty sure she's more down-to-earth than that she is on the show. Yeah. But yeah, again, it's like the whole show is revolved around the Bella Twins primarily. That we can agree on that. But yeah, again, um, some of the stuff you know is so staged, and it's yeah, it's like the lingerie shop. Oh, I was just like, trying to mention that. <laughs> I'm like, in what universe would Natty, who grew up in a wrestling background, a real wrestling background, yeah. who spent most of her time around dudes, yeah. Would go lingerie shopping. I, when you watch the episode, it's understandable why they would go it. But then when you think about it, you're like, hang on a minute. And um, and it's even funny when uh, was it the wonderful doctor? I think Naomi recommends them to a sex therapist that she went to. 
and, <laughs> and then they cut the way to her basically say, "Oh, me and um, TJ um, tried out some uh, ideas," and it just cuts to like like this home video sort of thing, like a shot like paranoid activity sort of style with her basically dressed as a schoolgirl and TJ basically breaking through the window, dressed up as a stereotypical burglar. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Yeah, it's just so fucking hilarious. You cannot write this stuff. But apparently you can. <laughs> oh, what's porno. his name? What's his name? Fandango being like the only sane guy in the whole locker room. Yeah. He's just like, uh, okay. He's right. So you, oh, you lied to me? You lied to me? Oh, oh fuck you then. Like, you lied to me? Uh, I'm staying out of this. Walks off. It's like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I love the episode where Eve goes to her goes to her parents and her dad flips the fuck out for because she's marrying a dude. I'm like, oh god. Yeah, it just um He he doesn't say no, he just flips the fuck out and goes on to this rant and I'm like, Jesus Christ even her brothers as well is like, Oh we shouldn't know, we shouldn't know And it's like Wow. For some weird reason I can actually see that happening in real life, but still at the same time it's just like, wow. <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing. I mean, in, a, in a public place, when your daughter comes up to you and says she's marrying a guy you don't want to like, it's just like, say, hey, honey, can we talk about this in private? You don't go on a rant and scream and yell and say, don't disrespect me, you little shit. Yeah, it's like, um, what was it? It's like, um, cause the, main, the main, what was it, like, ongoing story, and I put this in brackets, is um, Nikki telling John Cena about her previous marriage, and... She doesn't, and their younger brother tells John Cena, tells John about this, and basically when she when she finds out he does he did tell him, he and John Cena acts like a human being when she said, "Oh, we need to talk." Yeah, yeah, we we can talk later in private. And I thought, oh my god, he's being a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Like like he's not going mad. He's, he's like he's he's taking this. He's doing like this like an adult. <laughs> Again, John Cena, Daniel Bryan, sums up in two goes, and what everyone is thinking. Because <laughs> like the I, I'm not gonna lie, wrestling is a pretty cartoony thing. But Total Divas like takes the cake and cartoony bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, just. Again, if you haven't seen the show, watch it. It's just so bad. It's just entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I go one. I say one last thing about it before we stop talking about it. Natalie Cat Cat um, Gizmo looks like Seth Colfer, <laughs> only without the racism. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And I, I think she even tweeted because she tweets a lot of, of, about her cats, and I think even she she even said, "Wow." Looks like Seb Coulter. <laughs> Only without the racism. racism. <laughs> she didn't say that part, but I think everyone else was thinking it. Goddamn immigrant cats. <laughs> Taking our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, one last thing I want to talk about it's for for, the, for those who are still listening, um, back to comic book stuff real fast. Uh, Marvel announced who was going to be taking over for Ant-Man, the guy who directed Bring It On. <laughs> Just why? Fuck knows. <laughs> it's like, we need a director. You know, anybody. <laughs> you, you know, like, three directors before him turned turn down the thing out of respect for Edgar Wright 
at least two of them I know. And also, did you see the picture that was uploaded like a few days after? Um, I don't know who uploaded it, but it's a picture that was uploaded um, a few days after where Edgar Wright said he walked away from the... Uh, he was no longer the director of the project. Guess who he was talking to in a cafe? Who? Quinn. <laughs> he was talking to Quentin Tarantino. Wow. <laughs> Just wow. Both of them sit down chatting to each other. You know, I. what does that say to you? It says to me that he gives a shit all shit. Because here's the thing. If you have Hot Fuzz on DVD, you need to listen to the commentary with him and Quentin. Because that commentary is just so fucking good. Oh, yeah. It's just them sitting there talking about obscure movies. And filmmaking. For for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> it's just awesome. I Ah, God. I, I love Edgar. I think he's a very talented filmmaker yeah. who gives a shit. He gives a shit a lot about his work. Oh, and yeah. he, just, he, just, he just left because, again... He's been working on the project since 06, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cause it's just... That's where I first heard about it. It was back in 06, just before Iron Man came out, and it's taken this long for it to get out. It's just... It, it, they, I, I, I read an article yesterday about saying why they should give up on it, and I'm like, yeah, they, they probably should, because let's be honest, it's, it's... If a movie goes through this much production trouble, it's not worth it. It's really not. That's what I mean. That's the reason why I want to see a second Hulk film. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, we get an Ant Man. But I, I don't mind we get an Ant Man film. But I just feel that because you know the two previous directors they asked. I know two of them. It's like the one who did the Marvel one shot of the um, All Hail the King was asked. He turned it down. And James Gunn was one of the directors asked to direct it, and he turned it down. I know Adam McKay was asked, and he turned it down. Yeah. I mean, and how how sad is that that the guy who directed Anchorman it turns down your script? <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. It's still what I mean because you, I don't know. I don't. I do not know. It's going to be one of those things that we talk about for years now in this culture of comic book nerdum sort of thing. You know, with the whole what would Edgar Wright Ant Man would have been like, like um, you know, like Richard Donnelly, um, Superman two. No, I better example is uh, Tim Burton's Superman Lives. Yes, exactly. Yes. Because, like, what would it would have been like, and what was the script originally going to be, what was... Because I already, I already had problems with Hank Pym being an older man, because I'm like, eh, it's kind of risky, but whatever. But I guess it didn't fly, or something, I don't... I don't know, I mean, I'm already... I'm already kind of meh about the idea. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the idea of them doing an, an Ultron movie without Hank Pym because you kind of need Hank Pym with Ultron. Well, the thing with the Ant Man film, they said there are going to be two Ant Men in that film. In in the thing, Marvel said there's two Ant Men in the film. There's the older guy and then there's the, the younger guy who's the second Ant Man. So I'm curious just because the. the when they first said it, they said it because of creative differences. And I've said this on a, on another podcast. I reckon it might have something to do with, with, with Hank Penn being, being a woman beater. <laughs> no, seriously, I reckon that was the creative difference. Yeah, because the thing it's like, Hank Pym is a hard character to write for. Because he's an awful character in the comics. He is just the biggest dickbag ever. <laughs> so I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if that was the creative differences. That I, knowing Anchor Wright, he probably would would have loved to keep that in. 
Because even, I think even, like, the Avengers cartoon, when they had Ant-Man in there and it was going to be Hank Pym, they were, like, <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's like... <laughs> well, because yeah. I remember Edgar Wright said when he was writing the Ant-Man script or doing a rewrite of it, he posted a picture up on Twitter he's saying, doing my homework, and it's the episode from Earth's Mighty Avengers, Earth's Mighty Heroes, yep, the Ant-Man origin episode. Oh, yeah. And so he does. He did care about the source material. Yeah, uh, the problem with that with Hank Pym is like I, there was him when he became Mad Man, and then there was that period when he became Yellow Jacket. And when he became Yellow Jacket, ooh, <laughs> that was uh, that was a dark time. <laughs> that was not a good time for him as a character. No, but oh, yeah, that yeah, and and. It's a film project that is up in the air at the moment, and I think it's it's going to make its money. That's the problem with these Marvel films at the moment. That you, if you make one, you know it's going to make it. You know it's going to make its budget back at least. Um, but I feel that it's not going to do too well because I reckon this is going to be the equivalent of their Iron Man and Hulk film in that sense. You know. How so? In the sense that Hulk didn't do so well because it wasn't marketed properly, it wasn't handled properly, and Iron Man 2 in the sense that it's going to be overcrowded and they did not know what they wanted to do with the project. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's how but, I even, yeah. but even even then, I think those movies were a big enough hidden on Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah, oh, yeah they, they, they um, especially Hulk. Hulk made it money back, I would say, after when Avengers came out, because everyone loved Hulk in that film. I think that's probably the most underrated out of all oh, of yeah, them. It's, yeah, it's, it's, Hulk was done really well, which is... Because uh, I think the problem with Hulk was it came out after Iron Man, and Iron Man was such a good yeah. movie, you're like, why would I want to watch Hulk after Iron Man, you know? <laughs> I think it didn't help, that was the same year. That year when Hulk came out, it was the year which I like to call the over-saturation of superhero films. You, could, you had Iron Man, you had The Dark Knight, you had Hellboy 2, you had Punisher. <laughs> I forgot about that awful yeah. Punisher movie. And then you had Hulk, so you had about at least good, I think it was like about five to six films that came out that year, in one year. And I'll give the whole credit, that's how you do a reboot. You don't tell the origin, you just continue the story. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> uh, it happened, we know, let's get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Not that angry bullshit that took him forever for the fucking Hulk to show up. And even when he did, it looked awful. Oh, you mean the mutant dogs? <laughs> mutant dogs and Nick Nol and a mutant Nick Nolte. Uh, there you go. <laughs> that just yeah. Just why? <laughs> so yeah, it's just like at least Hulk, Hulk needs a new movie. I'm like, come on, because oh, Mark Ruffalo, Mark 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 Ruffalo is like a good actor he, he was really good he, and i want to see more of him he was praised by the critics in avengers for his acting in that film so yeah. you know he deserves his own film and i'd like to see a black panther movie sometime soon <laughs> well we at least know we at least get a black panther film never get a moon knight though <laughs> well, Moon Knight can't even keep the one writer after six issues. What makes you think he can hold a movie? <laughs> maybe a Netflix show, maybe. 
Because that's what they're doing with Daredevil, and I'm kind of like, you know, you can you can do obscure heroes, you know, Moon Knight yeah. TV show. I'd like to see that. Well, I think they're going to do more street level crime heroes for the Netflix show. Like it's obvious how they're going to do it. It's like they've got the net, they got the Daredevil one, which is currently in production, and they got the Luke Cage and Iron Fist one is currently in, um, which is currently in production as well. So, and they got the Agent Carter thing, and um, I think. I wouldn't be surprised Moon Knight and Moon Knight and Punisher is on on that list to get their Netflix shows at some point. You know, because I because I have heard rumors of a Defenders movie. Yeah, so maybe. Yeah, it could happen. It's again, I think other, the other two superheroes I've talked about, I think, be good for a Netflix show. Would be Ghost Rider and Blade. <laughs> oh, Ghost Rider needs a heavy reboot. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like Ghost Rider can possibly sell as its own film, but at the same time, I think it. Will be do better as a Netflix show as 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 so as Blade. You can make it a lot darker. I love to see a, a Moon Knight thing because you know with Moon Knight he's a weird character and he you know has a lot of weird adventures with criminals and and he fights more street level thugs. Yeah. He doesn't fight a lot of super That's villains. That's what I mean. So, you know. like, make the Netflix superhero shows street level superheroes. You know, street crime superheroes. You know, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, I mean, those two worked together because they originally were a partner team yeah. fighting and saving people from... from... They were more like uh, street detectives than they were superheroes. Yeah. I wonder how many name drops are we going to get in, in Daredevil for other named superheroes because in the last Captain America film, we got, what was it, like, we got, was it, Doctor Strange? Oh yeah. We got, with that guy said, "Oh, we target people with my threats." Um, Bruce Banner and um, what's the name of Doctor Strange? Strange's real real name? I don't know. But they said his name. They they said his full name when the guy basically was listing off all the people with the threat, and his name was on there, and they bluntly said it. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, uh, they are considering either Benedict Cumberbatch or Tom Hardy to play the role. Please not, please so. not Tom Hardy. Please not Tom Hardy. Yeah, I want I want Benedict oh, yeah. Cumberbatch because, you know, he's... He's, uh, he's an old guy. If, he's probably the only one I can picture doing it because Tom Hardy yeah. is just not very good. I'm sorry. The other person <laughs> they, they said they want in the running is Johnny Depp as well, but I think he's still old. Oh, God, I, know, I, I think no. he's still old. Personally, I think he's still Fuck old. no. Fuck no. I don't want to see another Johnny Depp movie. Just no. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh. <laughs> I am curious to see who's going to be playing Black Panther, though. What is he? Mm, that is a good question. What about that guy from um, 12 Years of Slave? If they can get him. I'm just saying. He He's good, but again, you gotta, like, because, you know... Uh, he's he, an African prince, I know. so you know he kind of need. You need, uh, you need a leader type. Yeah, you need a strong, bold leader with good morals. You know, type of person to play the role. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those. It's kind of really what hard, about, but again, what about that guy from um, Captain Phillips, the um, the guy who won the supporting actor, the um, black guy in that. Uh, he, he's kind of too skinny. Oh, you can bulk him up. <laughs> For Pete's sake, if Christian Bale can go from anorexic to bloody behemoth, it's doable. I feel sorry for that guy, because that dude is just broke. <laughs> that dude is just broke. That's just depressing. Oh, give him Black Panther there, then. 
It's like when's the when's the best uh, Oscar nomination? Still can't pay the rent. True. <laughs> I'm an Oscar winning actor. Well, you can you pay the rent with that statue? No. Too bad then. <laughs> Just. I don't know. It's it's kind of, but I want to see Black Panther because he needs to. I'm kind of curious when they're gonna introduce the Wasp though, because it's been like a while maybe now, we, and she kind of needs to be in there. Maybe we some. might see her in the Ant Man film with no powers. Maybe because they were like romantically. I don't know if they were. Were they romantic romantically together in in the in the comics? Yeah, or was it yeah, just, yeah. Was it that yeah. The TV they were show? husband and wife. Oh yeah, the comics. That other so. was the whole big deal. That's the reason why Hank Pym was called a wife wife beater. <laughs> well, if if that's going to be the case, you're going to be an older actress because you know they already cast Michael Douglas. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get around that. I uh, Catherine Jones. <laughs> Is Catherine Jones the one from the Alien film? She's married to him. Oh no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> But even then, she'd be too old to play the role. You'd probably break her hip. <laughs> no, no like an... to her, but still. <laughs> still sexy, though. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, long episode, but again, hiatus, and we had a lot to talk about. Blame wrestling. <laughs> Blame wrestling. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all later. Yep.